This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. Plus. Have a dream. Don't discount your dream. And don't really ever be deterred from someone telling you you dream too big. If anything, we probably limit our dreams far too much, and we should dream bigger. Hi, this is Kennard Gibbs, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. Hi, welcome back to Hush Loudly. I am excited to be talking to Kennard Gibbs, and I'm going to read a little bit about his amazing background. Kennard Gibbs is a proven operator in the urban media and entertainment space, specializing in media and brand strategy, P&L management, brand development, digital content strategy, and multicultural marketing. His early career focused on business development at the Northern Trust Company and Leo Burnett. I worked there, too. He began his publishing career as a part of the founding team of Vive Magazine as the Midwest Director. In 1999, he became president of Vibe, hired by Quincy Jones, and led this leading urban music magazine to unprecedented revenue heights, expanding the brand into digital media and broadcasting. In 2007, after the acquisition of Vibe by a private equity firm, Gibbs was asked to bring his expertise of brand building to his role as group publisher of the iconic magazines Ebony and Jet and as president of Ebony Jet Entertainment Group. In 2008, Gibbs founded Mad Vision Entertainment and with Intermedia Partners acquired the famed Soul Train franchise from Don Cornelius. As CEO of Soul Train Holdings, Gibbs and his team developed a number of license deals that have extended the brand into home DVD, cruises, and book publishing. He executive produced the Hippest Trip in America, Soul Train documentary for VH1, and most notably engineered the reintroduction of the iconic Soul Train Awards through a strategic alliance with BET. And in 2013, Gibbs and his partners sold Soul Train to BET. Gibbs serves on the Investment Advisory Board of the United Nations Social Impact Investment Fund, one. He also serves on the Executive Board of Urban Prep Charter Schools, Al's Lacrosse, and is Vice Chairman of Lunar Privacy, a private cyber security firm. He's a graduate from Williams College and holds an MBA from Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management. And I also ask to add that he is a graduate of St. Ignatius College Prep, where I also graduated. So shout out to the Wolfpack. So, Kennard, welcome to Hush Loudly. Well, thank you very much for having me, Cherry. Great to be with you. Of course. And, you know, I have to, before I get to the questions, I just have to let the world know that Kennard is the one who busted my bubble about Santa Claus. So I still believed in Santa Claus in fifth grade. And he said to me, we were eating cookies, we were having our after-school snack, we went to elementary school and high school together, and he turns to me, I will never forget it, and says, 
You don't still believe in Santa Claus, do you? Oh, no, that was horrible. That, that's horrible. <laughs> I, I, I hope that you remember me from, from something more than that. I remember funny. you for a lot more than that, but that was funny. And I did oh, question yeah. Santa. I questioned, right. but my parents right. were on it. They had answered everything. <laughs> so anyway, let's get back to your the questions. So, Kennard, okay. are you an introvert? I am not an introvert. I wish that I were an introvert. I really? These, yeah, when I was a kid, when we were kids, I used to wish that I would be shyer, but I wasn't. You know, I would try to to be a bit more introverted, but I, I wasn't. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. I just felt that um, maybe it was because I was an only child for a real long time, yeah. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think I was just comfortable and, and felt that I should just kind of be seen and not heard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, you know, that was that was a phase that I went through. I think it was just part of me trying to come to grips with who I really was and, and, and how I wanted the world to see me, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wasn't really much, as you know me, uh, much of an, an introvert. I was pretty extroverted. Well, I wasn't sure. And so uh-huh. everybody who's listening, I didn't know. I, I'm asking this question because right. there was a lot about you just growing up where that you have that low-key, that calm, that sort of, it seemed like you're more of a deep thinker, but also you're very social. And I remember that. You were real right. popular in high school and you were real popular in elementary school so I wasn't sure and I wondered yeah. if you could be an ambivert you can be in the middle I don't know I think I am more in the middle mm-hmm. because consistently people tell me that particularly in a business setting I, I may not speak a lot I try to you know listen more than than speak usually and, and be very measured usually in my in my commentary or whatever point of view whatever so I think I may be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I think you're an introvert and don't even know it. You've never uh, taken that the, might be true. Did you ever take the Myers Briggs or any of those? No, no. Boy, I bet you are. I mean, because what you're describing and uh-huh. it's just that's how those are some of our attributes. And and so what I'm on a mission to do is I think there is a misperception that introvert mm-hmm. means shy and it does mm-hmm. not. And so mm-hmm. everybody automatically thinks that. And that's why I'm on this mission to sort of change that. But Got I it. wonder, let me ask you this question about gaining energy. So okay. when you need to sort of recharge and get jazzed and pumped about something is your preference to be with other people and to unpack your day and discuss things with other people or get on the phone and call somebody and and they help you think through things or is your preference to do that in your inner thoughts and in your inner world and figure it out on your own definitely in my inner thoughts and in my inner world boy you're an introvert Okay, wow. Okay. I didn't so, even know that. So we'll <laughs> let's get to the questions, but I you know, okay. I think you are and maybe you could take an take the test if you want to take one. But okay. you kind of said something that I'm already leading to in my first question. Like I was okay. going to ask you about 
your personality style, whatever it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. how has it contributed or has it aided in the development and continuation of all your successes? You just mentioned about what people have said about you and being measured. So right. what else is it that you think about your personality style has helped you get to where you are today? You know, I, I've tended to always kind of go my own path, you know, and I think that has, has served me well, even professionally. So what do I mean by go my own path? I have always believed that, that hard work will typically get you to, to what you're attempting to do. And I don't say that clicheishly. What I mean by hard work is putting your best effort forward, right? I don't discount at all that a lot of the success that I may have enjoyed professionally was also driven by relationships, was also driven by opportunities. You know, sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time. And also, I think, reliance on my network, but not in a traditional sense. You know, I've never been one of those people that, you know, would clamor to networking type events. That was never really my thing. I always thought it was just so forced. But my approach was really much more along uh, seeing where there was some mutual kind of, of, when I say benefit, I just mean like some mutual whatever connection. And then leaning in on that more so than leaning in on, well, what can I get from a connection with this person? Mm-hmm. And that's always served me uh, extremely well. It's taken me to some interface and, you know, really build some very long-lasting uh, relationships. So it's personal and professional. Yeah, that is huge. And some of my other guests, we've talked about that same thing about how maybe an extrovert sees or views an event differently than introverts do. So where the Mm -hmm. extrovert may go in and be like, I'm going to collect 200 business cards, and this is my goal, and I'm going to talk to 50 people and blah, 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 where the introvert may only talk to two people, but most Mm -hmm. likely those two people, they're going to have some connection. They're going to have something that, that turns into a real relationship that leads to something else later. And I personally have, have had that same experience where yeah. somebody I met in 1999 at a conference, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can reach out to them now and we are friends, you know, or, right. you, know, you know, acquaintances in some way. Right. Okay, yep. okay, that, yep. that's good. So what kind of leader do you think you are? Obviously, you have managed people throughout your career. What do you think? What kind of leader are you? And how do you manage your people? You know what? I'm a leader that, uh, number one, I think is empathetic. Mm-hmm. I never attempt to have people do something that I wouldn't be able to or do myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? I'm much more of a lead by example individual. So, if, if, so that, number one. But number two, I also believe in leading in that you, you have to have transparency with people. People tend to react well to those folks who are in leadership positions who they feel that they can trust. And I think you gain that trust through through transparency. 
right? Mm-hmm. And through consistency. So I think you have to be transparent. I think you have to be consistent. I think you have to lead by example. And I also think that you have to develop what they call API, right? So I always assume positive intent on behalf of others that I'm either managing, right? Or that I just assume that their intent and what they say and what they do is positive. And and if it's not, okay, then I'll eventually come to that. But I find that it's helpful to assume the best in people. I love that. I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you for for sharing sure. sharing sure. that. I wanted to, since we aren't sure what you are, or you aren't sure, I'm sure, <laughs> but I just wanted to, you've worked with enough people to be able to comment on this, because all, okay. all of us in our careers, you know, we've worked under introverts, we've worked mm-hmm. under extroverts, we've worked with each other, you know, because we actually, I think we balance each other out and make the mm-hmm. best teams. But some famous introverts, just I'm just going to mention Barack Obama is an introvert, mm-hmm. Oprah, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Stacey Abrams, I just found out. RuPaul, who blows my mind, he said on a master class that he is an introvert. And I feel like people would assume that in order to be a CEO or an owner or a partner, that you have to be probably not just an extrovert, but an extreme extrovert. And I wonder, you know, the positions that you've held, I mean, huge, you know, Vibe Magazine, Soul Train Awards, Ebony and Jet, not many people can say that they've held positions and been in leadership roles for companies like that, iconic companies like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wonder, what do you think about leadership under an introvert or an extrovert? So since you aren't sure, can you speak to, I guess, your experience when back in the day you used to work under people, since now people work under you, but... Right, right. You know, I I think that I always believed that I would get my point across um, when I felt that getting my point across was needed. You know, I think sometimes people believe that introverts as leaders, this is just my observation again, not knowing if I'm one or not, but let's assume I am, right? (laughs) Uh, That, you know, you tend to maybe observe more than you speak. But when you speak, you want to speak with purpose and with intention. You know, one of the, I don't know if it's a criticism, but I remember particularly when I was with Vibe and I was at a town and it would uh, put me in, you know, a different orbit from an entertainment perspective, right? With Mm -hmm. celebrities, with, with whoever. And I remember our publicist that we had, you know, really telling me that, you know, Kennard, you really need to be much more in the public eye, mm-hmm. you know, with this brand and, mm-hmm. and people need to know, you know, who's leading it, that you're leading it and blah, blah, blah. And, and I struggled with that, honestly, because I always uh, had it very clear in my mind that I wasn't the brand. Right. That I was fortunate enough to to lead a brand and to run the business of a brand. But I wasn't the brand because in that world, I had seen uh, a number of people who 
took on a persona of, of the business that they were were managing, right? And I just never saw, I never wanted to be one in the same, you know? I was very comfortable with, once I'm done with this role and I move on to a different role, you know, I'm a different, I'm in a different capacity. Because another thing that often happens with people, particularly in the entertainment world, is when they leave a role, the people that used to call them, the people who they had on speed dial, the people who, you know, were, they thought they had friendships with, many times they really only had a business relationship with, mm. right? And, and, they, and it sometimes the lines would get blurred, you know. So the fact that, you know, Puffy invites me to his kids' birthday parties and this and that, you know, you, you don't want to confuse, you know, what is business relationships and, yeah, you're friendly with really personal relationships. Because <laughs> in my opinion, you just always, you know, there's too much room for misjudgment. So my intent would usually be to fall back from stuff like that, right, to not get too engaged because I just didn't want to give that much of myself, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It makes total sense. Yeah. And how did you, so I know you have, I'm sure, rubbed elbows with everybody. Yep. and. Thinking about my audience and, and mm-hmm. the introverts and how, you know, we're on the spectrum. So some mm-hmm. of us are definitely more aggressive and assertive than mm-hmm. others, and some are on the other end and are actually shy, mm-hmm. you know, and have fears, and it's a real mm-hmm. anxiety. So mm-hmm. in your experience, like, what what can we do for those of us who don't know how to talk to people and, like, so you were, you know, at parties with Puffy and whoever else, how did you make it comfortable or work for you? Yeah, I want to know, like, I know there's probably no formula, but is there anything right. you can share about about that? Yeah, well, you know, you, you said the word fear, and I think fear is probably the biggest challenge, whether it's fear of, of failure, fear of being shunned, fear of what's on the other side. You know, and I honestly think that the biggest, I guess, uh, advice, right, is to learn how to, number one, recognize what your fears are, mm-hmm. and then, number two, take steps towards addressing those fears, right? So I can't tell you how many people who, you know, I consider myself an entrepreneur. I'm a, I have an entrepreneurial, whatever, Fair, sensibility, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But I've met so many more people who come to me and they, you know, want to know, well, what was it that made what you attempted to do entrepreneurially work? You know, how was it that you were able to, you know, negotiate with Don Cornelius and, and, and purchase that right. kind of brand? What was it? Right. And I tell people all the time, you know, and not meaning to sound trite, but it was just simply that I tried to do it. Mm. That's it. <laughs> you know, you just try to do it, you know, and if you try to do it, things will unfold, right? So I, I look at this franchise that you've created, you know, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. But it was because you felt the motivation to not just say, well, I would like to come up for a space in a, in a podcast, you know, to talk about but you actually did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is the single biggest thing that I've come to recognize that is a trait of all entrepreneurs. They do it. 
They don't just talk about it. They actually do it. Mm-hmm. And some people say, well, you know, I don't have the resources. I don't have... I mean, Jerry, we grew up together. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you knew how humble our beginnings were, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, we had loving parents and loving families and mm-hmm. this and that, but we certainly, you know, had no trust fund, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we certainly right. had no... It was very much a working class. That's what we had, a mentality of... I can do it in the mentality of, you know, because we had no fears of of failure. You know, any fears that we had of failure, we put them behind us to just kind of push through. It's kind of my thing. So that's that's great advice, introverts. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. And and now I'd love to jump to COVID. You know, how... Mm. How have things changed for you as an entrepreneur and and also outside of working? And so I'm hoping that we are rounding the curve and at the end of this and then we'll get back to some sense of normalcy soon. But I'd love to know how have things changed for you and then what are you most looking forward to when we get back to normal? You know, I'm looking forward to, well, let's talk about what has changed. What has changed is that it it takes a lot more effort, you know, in the type of work and the teams that I manage now, which is all sales-based. It's motivating people to stay persistent with their outreach, right? Because now, you know, you you have to connect with people via Zoom calls. (laughs) And you have to be very intentional. Now, the good thing is that it makes things very efficient, right? You don't waste a lot of time, right? Mm -hmm. And so my challenge has been motivating my teams to just stay engaged because we're forward-facing with clients and, and, you know, still selling the advertising inventory for the network. So, you know, we have to be engaged with our buying clients. So, you know, that part has been different, definitely. And and you have to be motivated. You, you have to. There's no way around it. And you can't rely upon the social things that we used to always do, dinners and shows and all these other things to to facilitate the relationship, right? Now it's like you just got to connect with people. <laughs> yeah. And what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, being able to hug my kids, hug my family, <laughs> you know, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to getting back on, on the golf course and, and being able to move around, yeah. you know, yeah. um, travel. I haven't traveled in over a year. I've traveled yeah. all my, for the last 40 years, uh, 30 years, I've been traveling every, <laughs> a lot at some point. Yeah. And I uh, miss that. I'm yeah. Okay, well, we'll be back in the sky soon. We will. And the last thing I just wanted to ask you, you know, with all of your growth and revelations, Mm -hmm. I wonder if you have just a quick piece of advice for our listeners. And we have introverts and extroverts who are listening and everything in Mm -hmm. between. What advice would you have for a 20-something-year-old? And then what advice would you have for a 50-something-year-old? And it can be about entrepreneurship. It can be about branding, leading, managing, anything. Yeah. Well, for both groups, I would say, you know, have a have a dream. Don't discount your dreams. Right. And really visualize those dreams, because in visualizing it, it gives you something to work towards. 
right? And don't really ever be deterred from someone telling you you dream too big. If anything, I found we probably limit our dreams far too much and we should dream bigger. So that's what I would say for both groups. For for 20-year-olds specifically, I would say in addition to dreaming big, understand the importance of discipline, focus, resilience, right? And not being stifled by your fears. And usually for 20-something-year-olds or so, it's fear of success, right? And, And you each step you take as a progression towards that goal, learning a new trait that you may not have known, a skill set that you may not have known about or known you knew that you needed to acquire or just, you know, take in as much as you possibly can as a sponge. And the 50-year-olds, you know, it's, it's never too late. Right to continue to dream and continue to to work towards your goals. Uh, whether you want to become an entrepreneur at fifty, or you want to change careers at fifty, or you want to change where you live, you know, or you want to change anything, right? Like there's some people say, well, I'm too old for that. I'm past that. I can't do that. And I just think that people shouldn't confine themselves like that at all. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. Wonderful. I'm so excited. Thank you. Our listeners will love this. Thank you for your time since you're such a busy individual, and we appreciate you joining us on Hush Loudly today. Well, I'm humbled and and thankful to to offer perspective. So thank you very much, Gary. Enjoy Hush Loudly. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to us. Did you know Hush Loudly has t-shirts? Yep, show the world you're an introvert without saying a word. We also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us. Go to hushloudly.com slash shop.